many of us struggle with saying no and with setting healthy boundaries. I could almost guarantee that you listening right now, you have something that you have said yes to that every time you think about it, you're like, (laughs) and you're kicking yourself in the butt for it. Not saying no and the consequence of a lack of boundaries is a big source of stress and anxiety for many women, especially if you are a natural giver and a natural achiever, or if you're just known as a nice person. It can be very, very hard for women like you to say no, just because it's a big part of your identity. Being nice, being giving, achieving, and doing are a big part of your identity. In this episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'll be sharing some tips that will help you grow your boundary setting muscle if this is something that you struggle with. And on top of that, I'll be sharing how you can maintain your giving, achieving, nice, kind, generous nature, even though you're starting to say no more and more and more. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Hang around a two-year-old for long enough and you will see very quickly that they have no problem saying no to nobody. (laughs) I mean, some of them will even say no when they mean to say yes. And side note, not only are they very good at saying no, they also reserve the right to change their minds at any point in time with no guilt or no shame. Just this morning, my son, who is two was having his bowl of cereals, his Cheerios, which he asked for. And after three bites, he was like, I'm done. I'm full. And I was like, okay, I can feed you if you want. Because usually if we offer to feed him, he'll agree and end up eating more. And you would have thought that I had pinched him or something the way he started to scream and have a meltdown. I knew that it was just one of those things. So I left him and after five minutes, he was done. And he was like, I want my Cheerios now. (laughs) Right. So after adamantly saying no and having that meltdown, changing his mind without any intervention at all and with no sense of guilt or shame at all. All that to say, we were not born with this idea that saying no was a problem. So at what point did we learn that setting boundaries and saying no was a bad thing? At what point did we figure out that saying no could become a really hard thing to do? My personal guess is that this transition happened somewhere around preschool. When we're little, we're encouraged to share, even though we really don't want to, because, hey, that's what good kids do. We're encouraged to play with other kids when we don't feel like it. Um, And we're also encouraged to sacrifice our comfort for the benefits of other people. When we do that, we're considered good and we're praised. Kids are praised for doing so. The truth is that at a very early age, there is a ton of positive reinforcement for people-pleasing. 
And in general, right, children adore the adults that are in their lives, whether that be parents, grandparents, teachers, they adore them and they will do what they can for more and more of that positive reinforcement. Now, don't get me wrong. It's one of my principles. I mean, I'm a firm believer that all kids should be taught how to be responsible, contributing members of society, of their household, of their classrooms. But I also believe that there has to be a balance between teaching them how to be a member of a collective and also teaching them boundaries, teaching them autonomy, how and when to say no. All that to say that being giving to the point of self-sacrifice is highly rewarded when we were children. And the more a behavior is reinforced, right, the more it becomes a habit and it becomes internalized until it is second nature. Kids are also like sponges. And so, again, when we were little, we observe and model the behaviors that we see in the grown-ups around us. So the fact is that if you grew up with people-pleasing parents and caregivers, chances are you grew up to be a people-pleaser yourself. The problem is that many of us have taken being kind and nice and generous way, way, way too far. I mean, have you ever wondered why everyone else manages to leave the office on time when you don't? Or why your boss doesn't send urgent emails to your coworkers at 7 p.m. on a Friday night, but you get these urgent emails on the regular? Or why you are being asked to give presentation after presentation or mentor learner after learner or take on project after admin project while everyone else who, by the way, they're getting paid just the same as you are, they have a better sense of balance between their work and their life. What about at home? How is it that you are solely responsible for cooking, for cleaning, for groceries, for remembering soccer games, for remembering project deadlines, laundry, all of that, when you have fully grown adults and soon to be adults, yes, I am including your four-year-old in that, right? You have fully grown adults or soon to be adults as functioning members of your household. Don't even get me started on the fact that I have patients who are like one of four, one of four siblings, but because they are a healthcare provider, the medical professional, they're the only ones who will take mom and dad to their appointments, missing work, missing family activities, Um, They're the ones who call their parents asking, hey, have you had a bowel movement yet today? (laughs) TMI, I know, but it's the truth. It's what happens. Or the one that does their banking and all the internet online stuff for their parents, whereas they have other siblings who, who could potentially help. And imagine this being one person, all of this on one person. It's exhausting. It's so tiring. A lack of boundaries is a huge, huge source of burnout for many women. And honestly, it's no way to live. There is a better way. When the women I work with tell me your job must be so hard, listening to other people's problems and trying to guide them towards solutions, I tell them actually, no, it's actually not that hard for me. I mean, I know that the women I work with are brilliant. They are responsible. They know what's up, right? They know what's going on in their lives. And taking action on the things we talk about, it's on them. 
it's on them. I mean, I serve them. I do my job to the best of my ability. I do my job well, but I do my job within the boundaries of our relationship. And I don't carry any sense of responsibility that does not belong to me, regardless of the outcome of our time together. And that's how I'm able to do what I do day in, day out without crashing and burning. And I'm so, so thankful for it. So now that we've talked a little bit about what a lack of boundaries might look like, we're going to move on to the practical part of this episode. And I'm going to share with you some tips that you can use to start building boundaries and exercising your boundary setting muscle. Disclaimer, it's not going to be easy at first, but once you decide to do this and take it one step at a time, you're going to be blown away by how empowered you feel. I suggest trying to set boundaries one at a time. So definitely don't tackle your boss and your siblings and your kids, your spouse, your friendships all at once. Take it one step at a time. Start with the least intimidating relationship or the boundary that seems to be the one that would be the easiest to set and work your way up. I mean, you would never show up to the gym (laughs) for the first time in years and lift up 200 pound weights, right? You would start with the lowest amount of weight that you can tolerate and work your way up. So the first tip that I want to share is that people will treat you how you train them to treat you. And this is the truth. And that goes for any relationship. People will always want to test and see how much they can get away with. And so maybe you've been part of your organization for several years. And when you first joined, you were nice, right? You wanted to to, uh, leave a good impression. And so Every time somebody wanted help or needed help or every time your boss wanted a project or every time the clinic or the hospital had a project that needed to be done, you would volunteer, put your hand up and say, yes, I'll do it. And eventually you have now built up this reputation. You've trained people to see you as the person who says yes to things all the time, even though it's taking a toll on you. The good news is that Yes, it will be challenging, but you can retrain people to respect boundaries that you are now starting to put in place. And tip number two goes into how to do that, and it's communicating. It is actually sitting down and having conversations, not in the heat of the moment, because that's almost impossible to do. Not when somebody hands you another project and you feel like your mind is about to explode. That's not the best time to actually start communicating to people about your new boundaries. But setting out a time specifically and saying, letting them know what the conversation is going to be about. So maybe you want to get your your siblings on board with helping out with mom and dad. You could send them an email or a text message or a WhatsApp group chat, whatever that might look like for you and say, Something like, hey guys, I'm feeling really overwhelmed with keeping up with mom and dad's health, with their medical appointments, their banking, making sure they're okay, because as they're getting older, they're requiring more and more care. And I also have all these other responsibilities that I'm managing outside of mom and dad. I would really like for us to sit down and reevaluate how all of us can come together and share the responsibilities. And then setting up a time, maybe a few different times when you could say, I'm available at these times, what times work for you? Can we agree on something and move forward? Communication is so important. There's no point in just saying yes to things and grumbling about it and 
kicking yourself for it and being so upset about it and then pretending like everything is okay or worse, having a blowout the next time somebody asks you to do something. So communicate, 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 and also involve them in the conversations so that whatever decisions are made about the boundaries going forward, they had a part to play. They had a part to play in it. And that's also empowering for the other people involved, depending on how reasonable they are. And so that brings me to point number three, which is to expect pushback, right? Once you start setting boundaries, don't expect people to just all of a sudden be like, oh, okay, yes, you're right. This is reasonable. Most people will do that. Some people will, but most people won't. Because the truth is that as human beings, nobody likes change. And this is especially true for people who are demanding, people who have no idea how to respect other people's boundaries, right? Expect that they're going to push back on the fact that you are now changing the dynamic of your relationship with them. Expect guilt trips, depending on who it is. Expect some passive aggression. Expect tantrums and be prepared. Be prepared. One thing I like to say is have backup, whether it's a friend or someone else in your family who you can call on in times when you're starting to feel like you're crumbling under the pressure, someone who can remind you, help you, guide you, and maybe give you some suggestions on how to navigate the situation. Having backup is so important and can be really helpful when people are starting to push back on these boundaries that you're setting. Number four is critically important. If you don't remember any of these other things, please remember that number four is so important because without this one, all your efforts are going to go out the window and that is stay consistent. Stay consistent because if you're not consistent with your boundaries, you're going to end up confusing people and when you're inconsistent, it's actually going to reinforce the pushing of your boundaries. And psychologists have actually studied this. One of the hallmark studies of the field of psychology, B.F. Skinner, in the 1950s, he did a lot of experiments on punishment, reward, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. And one of the interesting findings that he came up with that he discovered is that inconsistent reward for behavior actually makes it harder for you to get rid of that behavior. So if one minute you're saying yes and one minute you're saying no and you know, you're know you just sort of flip-flopping back and forth, people are going to be more aggressive with testing your boundaries. They're going to push your boundaries more. This idea of inconsistent reward is actually used in gambling, believe it or not. Because what happens is when gamblers sit at the slots, at the slot machines, they get inconsistent reward. Sometimes they get the reward and they get some money and they, you know, I I don't know what the terminology in gambling is, but say they get seven in a row. I think seven in a row is a big deal. (laughs) Maybe they get seven in a row and they get a little bit of reinforcement that way. They're going to keep going because they want that big win. They want that hit. They want that rush again. And they're going to keep going and going and going and pushing and testing because maybe the next time I'll get that big win. Maybe the next time she's going to say yes. And so they become more persistent if you're inconsistent with your boundaries. So be consistent. And number five, finally, is 
practice. Just like I say, built, setting boundaries is like building a muscle. And the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. Sometimes I'll even encourage my clients and we'll do this in our sessions where we rehearse. Maybe they want to set a boundary with their, their kids. Maybe they want to set a boundary with a coworker. We'll actually run through scenarios and talk things out and we'll come up with a script that they can rehearse and practice. Because at the end of the day, that's going to give you the confidence to go in and say when somebody asks you th- something to do something, saying something, oh, I really wish I could, but I can't, right? And I know the tendency will then be to try and explain yourself. And so we also practice not explaining yourself and not trying, because the more you try to explain, the more it looks like an excuse. And so coming up with little scripts like that and practicing them ahead of time Planning the meetings ahead of time can be so helpful in keeping you confident, keeping you assured that the conversation is going to go in a direction that you want it to go. And so those are the five tips. And remember that at the end of the day, the reason you're setting these boundaries is not because you're selfish. It's not because you're weak. It's not because you can't handle it. You have taken way too much, far too much than your fair share. This is for your mental health. Because if you have a breakdown, you're no good. You're no good to anyone. You're no good to your colleagues. You're no good to your boss. You're no good to your parents, your siblings. You're no good to anyone. And believe it or not, sometimes when you set these boundaries, you're also helping the person that you're setting the boundaries for. If it's your kids that you're setting boundaries for, if you're training them that, hey, I'm not going to be picking up your soccer gear every time you come home from soccer, And these are the consequences for when this happens. You're training them on how to be responsible, how to take care of their belongings, right? So if it's a parent, for example, if you have a parent who the boundaries between parent and child have always been blurred with you growing up and now you're their outlet for all their emotional needs, setting boundaries that way can also be the catalyst for them to get professional help and actually deal with the emotional burdens that they're having and they're navigating, whether it's at work, if you're saying, in fact, I had a client who the first time she said no to her manager, her manager thanked her and she thanked her because then her manager could give the job to somebody else who would do the job better and not be overwhelmed and frustrated. So saying no in that setting can actually be helpful for the organization because you're more productive, you're not making mistakes, you're not burnt out. Boundary setting is critically important. Um, And in some cases, I've seen it such that where people are at their breaking point because of a lack of boundaries. In those cases, it can actually be a matter of life and death. I hope you found these tips helpful. To end this episode, I'm going to end with a quote which says, when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. That's a quote by Brene Brown, and it's so true. At the end of the day, as human beings, one of our biggest desires is to feel respected, to feel seen, to feel heard. And when our sense of dignity is taken away, it can take a huge toll on our mental health. And so definitely share this episode out with anyone who you believe would find it helpful. And until the next episode, go flex your boundary muscle. Bye. 
Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Di, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.